we would do our thing and go nuts and then we would meet and then they would get surprised and we would get smarter and then we would talk a lot okay. and slowly it's just so moving toward each other and then ending with something that nobody could sort of argue against. No. <laughs> Welcome to The Sociable Kitchen, a podcast by Quick. I'm Julie Broberg. We're back with our second episode on co-creation. We only just got started in the last episode, and there's so much more to explore with this exciting facet of what Danish design can do. We had the chance to sit down with furniture designer Lerke Ruhm, who we recently collaborated with at Habitar Pro in Helsinki. The Confederation of Danish Industry asked this award-winning young designer to create the Danish design stand for the show, featuring us and seven other Danish brands. The expo stand came together very quickly and space was limited, so Lerka really had to work quickly to make it happen. Our contribution was a kitchen island in our new color, Bordeaux Blue. We talked to Lerka about how the whole project came together. So it was really a project where I had to find the similarities to kind of uh, tell the story about Danish design and craftsmanship and the attention to uh, material and, uh, and 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 everything that is part of the Danish design uh, heritage. Um, but at the same time, also being able or leaving room at the at the exhibition to all of the independent stories from each and every uh, all of the brands and all of this in like what 50 square meters 50 square meters so it was so tight <laughs> so was, yeah. yeah so i had this idea of um and inspiration from uh, the danish sidekasse which okay, is yeah. um yeah this uh, small kind of a box kind of a, a box yeah oh i know was it a you mean like a type type drawer No, no, it's it's this uh, small wall-mounted uh, display furniture that okay. a lot of children has in their uh, ah, bedrooms okay. where yeah. you can display like uh, a small stone that you found on the beach or like the your favorite uh, piece of of toy or or so so this idea of having a a gathering concept that could display all of your most treasurable things in individual rooms so that was the concept What Lerka made was some light and beautiful suspended shelves for displaying the items. She got the effect of a box by using lightweight fabric on the sides. The result was a light, beautiful space that allowed her to showcase each individual item in the small space of the stand. You can see photos on the page for this episode on our website. How did it work with our, because I think we had a whole kitchen island, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah so was it its own box so to speak or yeah i tried i tried to some of the bigger pieces was then placed in between all of these uh, yeah rooms or these podiums that were hanging so so some of them were placed in the open space also just to yeah to optimize the space because it was quite limited with all of the yeah. all of the and brands. i do think yeah. our island had it had a It had a box in it, right? It had some open shelves. Yeah, exactly. With so some, it uh, might have fit the theme a little bit. Yeah, yeah exactly, and some uh, some stools, uh, right? Counter stools. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool, but that was a big challenge to bring together yeah, but, really quickly. Yeah, but yeah. also really fun, and also just. Um, really trying to make a design where the design displayed on top really came to to its um 
yeah, how do you... How it, do was, you it was shown to its it, best. Yeah, yeah. It, exactly. So really a balance between designing the podiums and everything, but leaving space to experience the design on top. So keeping it really minimal. Yeah. Cool. And it was a lot of different kinds of things, right? I mean, we were the, we had a kitchen, obviously, and then what were some of the other items? Yeah, it was um, a diverse range of products. It was, yeah, your kitchen, and then it was a more classic furniture uh, companies, uh, day bits, sofas, chairs, okay. uh, but also home accessories, uh, vases and stuff like oh, this. Okay. And yeah. also a company um, making uh, duvets and pillows. Oh, wow. uh, like luxury. Uh, so you pillows. had the soft side as well. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But also just like in 50 square meters, I, I couldn't make like a living situation with like a kitchen, a, a living room and a, a bedroom. So I had to display it like really uh, in a different way. Yeah. Uh, the result was a really lovely stand that showcased all eight brands and what Danish design can do. Definitely an exercise in co-creating a great Danish design experience. Lerka won Talent of the Year at the Danish Design Awards in 2022, just as she was graduating from the Royal Danish Academy, in part because of her involvement in co-founding a platform for young designers called Ukurant. The group won recognition with their very first exhibition at Copenhagen's Three Days of Design in 2020. And not only do they do exhibitions, but they are a platform for young designers to help them make the transition from studying to the real world of being a designer. We asked Lerka about the project. I really wanted to create a platform where young designers also could be seen as a group so that um, it's a little more easy to make some noise when you're, when you're together. together. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, uh, and by platform, what do you mean by platform? Like you can apply to be part of it or how do you, how is it a platform? Yeah, uh, each year we host this um, big exhibition during Free Days of Design and uh, we uh, launch an open call where uh, okay. young designers actually from all over the world are welcome oh, to okay. apply. Okay. Okay. And uh, yeah, we have had uh, people from Canada and uh, all over actually um, being part and coming, joining us. And so us. you choose sort of a theme and then people should have something within that theme or not necessarily? Not necessarily. Actually, we are quite anti-theme okay. when it okay. comes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. but that's because we feel like it's theme enough that you're young emerging designers. And what we really want to bring to the exhibitions is what interests the young designers today? What are they working on? Right. Why are they working on it? How are they working on it? Um, so really, what is their interest and what is their perspective on design right now? Mm -hmm. So that is why we are not working with the themes because then people would try and maybe fit in or like angling yeah. the projects towards what they thought we wanted. And what we actually want is to see the best that they can do and what they think is what is the most exciting for oh, us wow. to see. Do some, I know you don't want there to be a theme, but do some themes emerge? Are a lot of people working with recycled materials or offcuts of course, or, yeah. or things like that? I mean, something, there must be some commonalities that There, that there are always um, appearing some small, uh, like for example this year, then we had the final selections of pieces. I think we had uh, 18 pieces from 
designers from all over the world. And um, and then we, we looked at each other and was like, okay, so this year there is a color that reappears in all of the, okay. the uh, not all of the pieces, but in many of the works. And and so so yeah, there are some some things what that was will, the color. It was like this uh, <laughs> greenish, bluish, uh, like uh, yeah, okay, color, like blue green color that were. Yeah, that was there in a lot of. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And then it's also um, really interesting for us to see that then we always invite an exhibition designer to create the spacious outlet of the of the exhibition. And what we see when we begin to put the pieces together is that then there will be an a chair made from AI, which is really organic and has. this crazy shape and then there will be a chair right beside it that are more classic but then those two will also give each other something like they will they have a dialogue exactly exactly so that so so they they are themselves something and they kind of co-create something between them right exactly wow Mm. oh that's that kind of gives me goosebumps yeah (laughs) and 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 really it it is something that it's magical every time that it happens because um also like we also yeah it, it really just is magical because there are stories being told in the exhibition that didn't uh, that didn't exist nobody before planned, the, yeah, yeah, nobody, yeah, planned, yeah, nobody for planned for it and they yeah. didn't exist before they were put together as a group and that's also why it's so interesting so there will be so many different stories to be found in the exhibition both from like only the each individual, each individual piece, piece but also and, in relation to each other so and that's something that groups can that they will arise uh, different stories that and it's it's really beautiful so what kind of spaces do you do you do you choose for this is it like a big old warehouse space somewhere down oh, by the water we would, or uh, where, we would we... really like that if anyone <laughs> yeah yeah let's, yeah, let's, uh, let's, put that let's out find there. a great space yeah, <laughs> yeah. no but um Actually, we have been really lucky with the spaces. It's always so difficult because there are so many that are exhibiting just these three days. Of, right. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, but we have uh, been in the um, an old library. Uh, okay. In the inner city. Oh, the one, the one that's uh, that was the old Copenhagen University library. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I used to go there when I very first came to oh. Denmark. When it was a library, yeah, still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I never been there when it oh, was a library, but it was this so cool. beautiful, beautiful, amazing beautiful space. space. Yeah, and I think you could probably still feel the all the years of people sitting there yeah, reading and learning. Yeah, of course, of yeah, course, I and bet. the history yeah, of it. it like, yeah. it was a, and we had the. It was uh, the. Slots or Kultur Yeah, the authorities that are responsible for all those buildings, old, old, the old, really the, nice the buildings. royal buildings. Yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and they uh, lend it to us um, for a month. So oh, we had so the you could whole. Set it up. So oh, we could wow. set it up, and we had open. We had the exhibition there for, I think, ten More days than just or the like three days yeah. of design. Okay. Um, but just. Going there every day, and we are building Ukwand as a group. So going there, meeting your friends, being in this beautiful space with the courtyard, eating lunch in the sun. It was. It will. It, it's. It's also just like a summer that I won't forget because it was a beautiful experience. Also, just like people coming together and creating something.
this year we had it in a wood workshop okay. um, wow. out at uh, Refshaløen. Yeah. Um, and it was so fun to see that it wasn't planned, it wasn't intended that we were going to have it there. But then we found this beautiful space with high ceilings, just as grand feeling as the li- old library, but um, a completely different vibe, uh, like right. raw machinery, um, stacks of materials uh, against the walls, yeah. and really, 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 really beautiful space. And then just seeing how the space then informed. So when we placed all of the pieces and did the exhibition there, something, another story was told in the exhibition, because you got this the feeling of all the hours that the young designers put into all of the pieces, the craft, the yeah. work that went into because each it was in this because, workshop. It yeah, felt, because it felt was, like they were there exactly. and made there. Yeah, okay. and of course they wasn't made no. there, but it was just like the feeling, feeling of uh, yeah. So that was really nice. So it actually the space was part of the co-creation. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And 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 that is uh yeah, th- and that's the most fun thing that when you can move into a place that also gives something back that it's just not just a white cube, but yeah. but that it it also brings a story. So Ukurant is on one hand a yearly global exhibition during three days of design in Copenhagen, but Lerka also characterizes it as a platform. We asked her to explain a bit more about that. It's also because we are working a lot with creating this community between the young creators. So it's also about having a platform or a space where you can bounce ideas off of each other. And also if I have a question or something, I can use the other designers' knowledge and their experiences to create my own. Something that we're talking a lot about these days are uh, economy. So like if um, I have someone uh, ask me, do you want to do this? I say, okay, we are almost always uh, interested in doing projects, but then talking about, so what are the fin- financial side of a right, project? Right, yeah, what do I charge for what it? Do, what do I, exactly. yeah, what do I, yeah. Or like, okay, so I made this uh, custom-made uh, piece and now I have a customer who wants to buy it but how do I price my work and that is also something that we're then using the community to, to really have each, other have each other's back yeah. and to uh, really be better together. It's so nice to see that the industry is really uh, looking our way because oh, cool. the yeah. the more attention we get from them, the more possibilities we can create for the young designers. We're also working for the designers getting things into production mm-hmm. or so really trying to push them out in the industry and yeah. creating a yeah a professional life for them. Co-creating a design career doesn't sound like a bad idea. I look forward to seeing what the young designers of Ukurant do at next year's Three Days of Design. We're no strangers to co-creation ourselves in Kvik. We collaborated with Danish design firm Says Who on our popular Green Umbra kitchen. The project, of course, started with a solid design brief that was true to our concept which is to have a carefully curated collection of beautiful kitchens for customers to choose from, rather than a wide range of styles and colors. 
Our business relies on volume, so it's important to us that our designs have broad mass appeal. As Nikolai Duva from Says Who puts it, we're aiming at the 8 out of 10 rather than at the more exclusive 2 out of 10. So our designs have to have something special that catches the eye of many people, as well as end up at a price point that most can afford. Initially, Says Who, who hadn't designed any kitchens before this project, did a lot of research into the kitchen market, getting a feel for what was out there and what people were looking for. As the collaboration with us went on, it became more and more apparent that sustainability was something that people were increasingly looking for. Umbra became the first kitchen that we released featuring recycled PET plastic foil. Once that was decided, we got into the details of co-creating the design with Nikolai and his team at Says Who. The whole sustainability thing about reusing plastic for the for the folio fronts mm-hmm. uh, was really interesting as well. So we just basically became more knowing. It just got sharper and sharper. As yeah, you. exactly. And mm-hmm. as we and as Quick sort of dived deeper into it, and I think that's that's how it should be. It's we're trying to investigate what is there to figure out what is the relevant thing to do. And, and how can we apply design and aesthetics to that? But we need to figure out what, what to solve first, right? So we ended in that sort of sustainability approach because there was a lot of value there. And then uh, for us, it not quickly, but things started to make sense that we're gravitating towards sustainability. There's a lot of facts and if you ask quick, they will tell you how many mm-hmm. good things there are about a kitchen like that. Just the amount of tonnage they're recycling plastic. It's hard not to fall in love with that. Yeah. And we did as well. Um, so the mission was to sort of how do we embody that in a look? So we yeah, we turned to nature, basically. Like So we believe that the consumers... As I think you stated earlier, they don't maybe understand CO2 emissions no. and impacts, not, but they can look and understand what feels natural, right? Right. So, so that became the direction. And yeah. then we looked at a lot of stuff. <laughs> and then also looking sort of into their assortment, what, what could be the thing that they are missing? Yeah, and what and, separates it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what is running, what, what could be a timeless thing? So... We looked to ho- the whole Mano, Mano mm-hmm. uh, that whole thing about cut out handles, which they've sort of really got a good grasp on, yeah. which seemed to be really timeless and functional and, you know, fitting well into the idea of dirty hands in the kitchen and easy maneuverability and all that stuff. Nikolai is talking about our classic Mano kitchen design. It's been our best-selling kitchen for nearly 20 years, and we've been refining it and perfecting it throughout. Its integrated handles fit perfectly to your fingers, making it easy to open. In fact, that's where its name comes from. Mano means hand in Italian. So taking this well-designed idea and rethinking it and expanding on it was a great starting point for what became our Umbra design. And we came up then with another take on that, which then was another handle that was cut out to get that same comfort and practicality. With but a in another, totally different look. But in another look. Yeah. And then so now the process is at a point where now we're into nuances as well, as I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. with furniture. Now handles have been around forever, right? So figuring out the proportions in relative to your to hand, your hand and, and how, yeah. how they fit 
together in a system where the customer can customize, like the kitchen can look in in different thousand ways, right? Mm. So the handle needed to be fairly universal somehow. And then together with Quick, um, we derived that that system where the, we could do a cutout that meets if two fronts are put on top. Mm-hmm. And, and that was quite interesting because then there's two shapes in one. You know, that that's how it looks it's, when it's split. It's the half and it's and the whole, right? It's the whole, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then we, we, just, we looked towards shapes that would sort of embody any naturalistic feel mm-hmm. so it's it couldn't be like man or like straight lines mm-hmm. that would not be the right thing to match into this no we wanted to have some natural material in there as well because that's that just fits really well with the idea of a sustainable kitchen mm-hmm. so we ended up in that pebble shape because i think everybody's been to the beach and s- seen these you know really smooth smooth yeah. pebble shaped rocks right <laughs> so that became our icon basically and from that, we did, I don't know how many iterations around how, how the millimeter should move, the, the radius and the, and then, then combining that with that wooden inlay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can change the color that it appears exactly. behind so, the oval. Yeah. Exactly. What Nikolai is talking about here is Umbra's distinctive oval-shaped handle. Its smooth curves echo the large smooth pebbles found on many Danish beaches. And in fact, the internal name for this kitchen was actually Pebble. There's a small piece that you can switch out to give your kitchen a unique look, choosing a dark oak contrast, for example, or bronze for a little bit of luxury, or maybe green for a tone-on-tone look. You can see pictures of this on the page for this episode on our website. There's a link in the show notes. So you get that, and then sort of things fell in place, because now we had a look that they didn't have. We had a sustainable or more sustainable kitchen than was previously accessible. Mm -hmm. And we had a good story that matched into that, that the consumer, we believed, would uh, really directly understand. So for the 8 out of 10, we did all we could to embody visually, um, materiality-wise, something that would be the most sustainable we could do. Right. Uh, Combining that, of course, with Quick, because they are really, they know really a lot about this stuff. So that was a happy marriage. And so you were working together with the design team within Quick the whole way through, or yeah, it was. Uh, it was they. They would sort of start everything out. We would do our thing and go nuts, and then we would meet, and then they would get surprised, and we would get smarter, and then we would talk a lot, and they would inform us, and then we would move again. Okay. And slowly, it's just so moving you, toward each other and then ending with something that nobody could sort of argue against. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that was also with their technical department as well with, with the sales. Yeah. So both the, yeah, can we actually easily manufacture this? Yeah. The reality of... Can yeah. we achieve yeah. a certain price level that would make it relevant? Because I think as we do, as well as Quick do, we, we, only, we can only make a sustainable impact if we achieve the eight out of 10 and the volume, because that is where you really push to the sustainable agenda. So it was just a happy marriage at the end of the day. (laughs) And then finally it ended up with us. I remember we were standing in quick and having to decide, should we, should we launch this in white just to be safe? Or should we launch it in green, a complete green kitchen in 180 shops 
should <laughs> that was quite terrifying. That actually. was a big step. Oh yeah. yes, yeah. but uh, we all believed in the mission and and that the the whole I you know the whole idea behind that kitchen it could only be green. And it seems that our customers have also believed in our green umbra kitchen as it's been one of our top sellers since its introduction in September 2020. We're also firm believers in co-creation for our Danish designs. We've since worked with Nikolai and Seshu on our Corissa kitchen and also on the bar stools that we recently released. You can see those designs on our website and you'll find a link in the show notes. Next time on The Sociable Kitchen, we'll take a look at where Danish design is headed and that will be the final episode of this, our first series on Danish design. If you haven't already, hit subscribe now so you don't miss out. We like to leave you with a podcast recommendation. This time, we've been listening to a couple of episodes of the podcast Wardrobe Crisis that featured Danish designers. Fashion has been beyond the scope of our investigation of Danish design, but that doesn't mean it's not interesting. We especially recommend the episode featuring fashion designer Henrik Wiebsko and the one featuring clothing designer Cecilia Bonson. They're not too far back in the wardrobe crisis feed wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, thank you for listening. This episode of The Sociable Kitchen was produced by me, Julie Broberg, and sound engineer Maunus Vell. Special thanks to everyone who appeared in this episode, furniture designer Lerke Ruhm and Nikolai Duva from Says Who. Additional recordings were done at Hear Hear Studio in Copenhagen. Our logo was created by our own graphic designer, Helle Kroh. Our theme music was created for Quick by Lucas Lunersko. Produced at Feedback Studio in the old meatpacking district near the harbor in Aarhus. <laughs>